You're listening to the Fortress Church Audio Podcast. We're a church all about loving God and loving people. Let's listen in to our lead pastor, Randy Garcia, from this past Sunday's message. So open up your Bibles and tune in. Kairos is that Greek word that, that it's, it means opportune time. God's season for you is what I'm entitling the sermon series. Because I believe, uh, once again, as we look at the Greek words for time, English is time, and then we can look at it in the chronos, which means chronological. Chronologically speaking, today is January the 20th, 2019. But I also, in a Kairos believe that this is God's season for you. Remember, the difference between chronos and kairos is like, if I say, uh, can I have a minute? Then you'll give me 60 seconds. If I say, can I have a moment? Well, you can't really gauge that. That's kind of like a God thing. Well, you know, is how long is that? You can't measure that. So I believe this is God's, as, we, as we've walked into a new year, a new season chronologically. I want to believe that this is God's spiritual season for you. That's what Kairos is all about. So today we're going to look at a new season that God gave somebody in, in the book of Second Kings in just a minute. First, we're going to read from Ephesians chapter 4, part 3. Today we're looking at the title of the message, Attitude Adjustment. It says in Ephesians 4, it says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your mind. So what does God want to do? He wants to you to be new in the attitude. In other words, you got to have an attitude adjustment of your mind, it says. And verse 24 says to put on the new self. So there's certain things we need to put off, certain things we need to put on if we're going to have the attitude that God wants us to have. And to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Sometimes we need an attitude adjustment. And uh, if don't raise your hand if you believe you need an attitude adjustment. Don't point to somebody nearby you when you if you believe they need an attitude adjustment. Okay, because by the end of this message in about thirty minutes, you're probably going to join with me. And say right here, I'm pointing to myself that I need an <clears throat> attitude adjustment because uh, we're going to learn about that kind of reminds me of the of the these kids who wanted to play a practical joke on their grandpa grandpa had a big beard and a mustache and he was taking a nap so the kids decided to put some limburger cheese on his mustache and if you know what limburger cheese is all about it stinks pretty bad okay so when grandpa woke up he, he took a whiff of that didn't realize that it was in his big thick mustache and he says, man, this room stinks. So he got up and he walked over to the kitchen to make himself some coffee. And he goes, this kitchen stinks. Then he got up and he walked over to the living room to turn on the TV. He says, the living room stinks. This whole house stinks. I'm going to go outside to get a breath of fresh air. He goes outside and he goes, this world stinks. <laughs> well, the problem was right under his nose. And he didn't realize it. He just needed a little attitude adjustment. I know that today, I know that some of us are going to say, Lord, I'm, I'm ready for that. Amen. Father, thank you for the word of God. And we thank you for what we're going to learn over the next few minutes. We pray that your Holy Spirit would be ever so present in us to speak to us. 
Lord, not only to our minds, but also our hearts so that we may respond. We thank you for this day that you've created so that we can worship you. We give you glory and praise in the name of Yeshua, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. You may be seated. Cooper Dawson is a young man who is finishing up a terrific high school football season and career, I guess you could say, as a senior currently in in, uh, South Carolina. And uh, last month, when it came time for him to choose a college to play college football, by the way, Cooper Dawson's the one on the right, uh, he chose Syracuse University as depicted by that uh, orange S on his cap. And uh, he did something quite unique because as some of the uh, high school football stars do, they call a, I guess you could say a mini press conference to declare which uh, college they're going to be a part of or which college they're going to join. And, uh, and he was doing that, but he decided to do something a little unique. He decided to bring his buddy with him. His buddy's his name is Kinsley Feynman, and his buddy's the one on the left. Now, Kinsley, the one on the left, of course, has, is a paraplegic, and he has to use a feeding tube to, to eat. He has an in, in-house home aid to help him get dressed and live life. Uh, he suffers from cerebral palsy. And why in the world did this football star, uh, Cooper Dawson, bring his buddy with him? They befriended each other there in high school, there in South Carolina, for the last couple of years. And the reason Cooper brought his buddy with him is he said this, and I quote, he says, he says, I learned this from my buddy Kingsley. The only disability is a bad attitude. He says, if he can come around every day with a big old smile, even though he has cerebral palsy, I can do the same. What a great attitude that this young man who has cerebral palsy has. He doesn't let that bring him down even though he doesn't have the physical abilities as a normal teenage boy, but uh, he, it, didn't, it doesn't let him hamper his attitude about life. What a great attitude. Not everybody has a great attitude about life. Many people have a bad attitude about life. And for those who do have a bad attitude, uh, I, I kind of gave it a name. And, and you know me, for those of you that know Pastor Randy, sometimes, just give me a little grace here, I make up words, okay? So how many of you know that sometimes I make up words? So the next word that I have come up with to, to, to describe this disease called a bad attitude, don't look this up in Webster's Dictionary, is attitudinal sclerosis, okay? I just made it up, okay? It's not in the dictionary. It's a disease that keeps a person from reaching their spiritual potential because of their bad attitude. Some people have and suffer from attitudinal sclerosis. Today, we're going to read about a man in 2 Kings chapter 5 that um, had attitudinal sclerosis, but he overcame it. We're going to read about it. Now, before we read from 2 Kings 5, imagine that you graduated from a prestigious university with honors. You began working for a Fortune 500 company, making lots of money, great salary, great position, great promise, and then you find out that you have a life-threatening disease. This is what happens to Naaman. And in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse number 1, we're going to learn principle number 1 as we walk through a number of principles from this man who was suffering from attitudinal sclerosis. He needed an attitude adjustment. 
So number one is this, attitude adjustment. It's time, remember it's Kairos season. It's time to see your problem as an opportunity. Verse 1, 2 Kings 5. Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and in high favor because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was a mighty man of valor. Now, uh, all those words describe a great man. He was a man of victory. He was a man of valor. He was a man of high favor. He was a great man in the eyes of his master. But the last part of verse 1 says these last five words. But he was a leper. That's right. He had a disease of leprosy. Verse 2. Now the Syrians, on one of their raids, had carried off a little girl from the land of Israel. And she worked in service of Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress... Would that my Lord were that the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. In other words, what was happening, she says, this young lady who was an Israelite, worshipped the Lord God Jehovah, ended up as a maidservant there to Naaman and his wife. Of course, as a maidservant, she caught on that her boss, Naaman, was suffering from leprosy. So she suggested Something where he can uh, go and find healing. And of course, she suggested that she goes to Israel to go see the prophet, the man of God, Elisha. Great idea. Now, now uh, Naaman, being that he was a military commander, I can imagine that it wasn't too difficult for him, at least for a while, to hide his leprosy. Maybe he dressed up in the finest clothes of military attire maybe he was really sharp looking in his in his uh, uniform but probably that covered up his spots because underneath he was dealing with a skin eating disease called leprosy life lesson no matter how good you look on the outside one day you will have to deal with what is on your inside all of us have some form of leprosy Maybe it's not a skin-eating disease, but there's something else that maybe we're having to deal with. Perhaps unforgiveness. Perhaps um, guilt. Or maybe something that you did years ago that is still haunting you today. Maybe it's abuse. Nothing that you did anything wrong, but someone abused you. So sometimes I ask, what is your leprosy? Is it rejection? It seems as though time and time again... You're not accepted and you're, you're dealing with that. Is it, a, is it a hidden sin? Is it an addiction that, that sometimes it's hard to overcome? What is your leprosy? And I'm going to say this, that every single one of us have some sort of leprosy because um, none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. And I stand there with you. And what are you going to do about it? Well, one of the things I'm going to do today is I'm going to kind of give certain quotes from Many of the, as you know, we launched last week 11 new connect groups uh, this, this, this past week, which, by the way, if you want to get involved in a connect group this week, is not too late to step in. There's a, there's a uh, sign-up sheet right back there. Some of the, some of the groups have, have uh, books to go along with it. But I'm going to be quoting from some of the things because we're learning a lot. We're growing and digging deeper into the Word of God. One of those is uh, um, the Lisa Turkhurst class. It's not supposed to be this way. Listen to this quote. She says, it's our choice whether we stay stuck in our hurt or get renewed in our hearts. Great quote. 
In other words, Naaman had a choice. Am I going to stay stuck in what I'm dealing with? Or am I going to choose to allow the Lord to renew me? Once again, Lisa Turkert says it's our choice whether we stay stuck in our hurt or get renewed in our hearts. Chuck Swindoll, Charles Swindoll says this, and this is a little bit longer quote, but I want you to understand because he talks about this theme called attitude, and some people have a great attitude, some don't. He says this, the longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It is more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures and successes, than what other people think or say or do. Attitude is more important than appearances, giftedness, or skill. Attitude will make or break a company, a church, a home. The remarkable thing is that we have a choice every day regarding the attitude that we will embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people act a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string we have, and that is our attitude. I am convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react. My friend, attitude is, is a choice. So underneath this, this principle is do you see things and, and the attitude, do, we, do I see a problem or do I see an opportunity? First thing I want you to understand is this. Letter A, God uses issues to get our attention. God uses issues to get our attention. In Naaman's case, his issue, of course, was leprosy. And I kind of believe God was saying, uh, Naaman, uh, uh, can I get your attention? You see, there's some people who go along in life and they wonder, God, why am I having to deal with this? Why do I have to deal with this? Maybe, maybe it's a relationship uh, uh, you know, issue, or maybe it's a, a physical issue, a health issue. Maybe it's a financial issue. And say, Lord, why do I have to deal with this? I don't understand. Why, why do I have to go through this? And God says, okay, do I have your attention now? Because some of us don't even turn to God because, oh, things are going fine. Thank you, Jesus. I'm, I'm blessed. And we are blessed and highly favored. But sometimes, God, we, we go along life and we... We think everything's okay, and we fail to say, God, okay, uh, you have my attention. In her book, Unexpected, Christine Kane says this. This is one of the other uh, classes that we're doing here. Listen to what she says. Disappointment is a place we pass through, not a place we stay. God wants us emotionally engaged for his purposes, fully alive. He wants us to let him restore our hearts. So that we can keep moving forward and fulfill his good purpose for our lives, even when people and life fail us. Hmm. Yeah, we face disappointments, but are we going to stay there or are we just going to pass by? Another point, letter B here in your notes, is know where to go when you have a need. Know where to go when you have a need. The good news is that this, this young lady who was in the home, a maidservant of Naaman, and his wife, it wasn't by coincidence she was there, but she, she gives Naaman a recommendation. Hey, uh, this is where you need to go. You need to go to, uh, to this man of God, Elisha, and you will be healed of your leprosy. My friend, whenever you and I are dealing with an issue, we've got a problem, we've got to know where to go. And, and the good news is Naaman responds to that, and he says, yeah, I, okay, thank you. And he follows the advice of this young lady, and he ends up going to the man of God. So that praise God for that. <clears throat> but sometimes we just need to refresh our mind. Okay, where do I go? I've got a need. Where do I go? 
Sometimes, once again, God allows us to go through certain things so that we can go to him. Reminded of two men who were sitting in a prison cell, looking out the window, and they were, they, was, the level of the ground was, was a little bit uh, uh, you know, adjusted there for where they're at. One man would look out the window, and all he would see was the ground. He would see the ground. And that's all. He was just looking down. But the other man kind of looked and came up and was looking out the window, but he kind of bent down a little bit and saw out the window from a different perspective. Where he was looking for, he, would see, he was seeing the sky. Same cell, same window to look out of, but they had two totally different perspectives. Kind of like some of us. Some of us have a, a great attitude on life. Some of us are always looking down. And the choice is, is yours, the choice is mine. From what direction are we going to turn to? Where are we going to go? And let her see, believe that God is working behind the scenes. Believe that God is working behind the scenes. See, what was happening here is, did Naaman's physical defect of leprosy catch God by surprise? No, God allowed, I believe God allowed this disease to take place. It, wasn't, it didn't catch God by surprise. But I do believe God was working behind the scenes because God was ready to put his miracle working hand into progress. So what God did long before this incident is he arranged for a raid to happen between Syria and Israel. And he arranged that this, this, uh, 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 this Syrian army would carry a few people with them. With them was this young teenage girl who they took back and they say, here, Naaman, you're a leader in the army. This is now your maidservant. She is your slave. She can do whatever you want. Okay? But was it by coincidence that now Naaman and his wife, who were non-believers from the country of Syria, had a young girl in their home, they thought for the purpose of doing housework, but could it be that God was working behind the scenes to put a godly young lady there to give their, her boss a suggestion I don't believe God does things by coincidence. No, I believe he placed this young Israeli woman who, uh, lady, young lady who knew the Lord God, Jehovah, in a personal way. So, verse number nine, here's the good news. Naaman responds. He says, yeah, I'm going to go meet this man of God. So he pretty much says yes to his maidservant's suggestion. Verse nine, 2 Kings 5. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots, and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. So he made it to the house of the man of God. So that's the good news. Elisha sent a messenger. So can you imagine? He knocks on the door. Elijah, are you there? So Naaman, he, he had his, his entourage, because he was a, a, a wealthy man. Elisha didn't even answer the door. It says here in, in verse number 10, Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. Oh, wait a minute. This leads us to attitude adjustment number two. Is this. It's time to squash your preconceived ideas. Because I got to tell you, Naaman arrived at the man of God's house, Elisha. And he had certain preconceived ideas about what was going to take place. Okay. And he was not a happy camper. When things didn't go according to the way he thought they were going to go. Now, let's read in verse 11. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. 
Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than any of the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. Oh, wait. wait a minute. Are you catching what happened here? Are you getting a drift of what happened? Naaman says, wait a minute. He, it's, Christopher says he was angry. Why? First of all, he was offended that the man of God didn't come to the door. Scripture says that Elisha sent his messenger and gave his messenger a message to Naaman. This is what you need to do. So first of all, Naaman got offended. Why didn't the man of God come to talk to me? He was bent out of shape. That, that's what happens sometimes when we have these preconceived ideas of what God is going to do. Doesn't God know who I am? Doesn't this man, Elisha, know who I am? I'm a man of valor. I've got a high position. I, heard, I have lots of money. I have this entourage of men with me. And he doesn't even come to the door to greet me? Yeah, he got offended. He got offended. You know, he, he felt entitled. Sometimes we feel entitled. Wait a minute. I've got the position. I've got the money. I've got all these men. Now, I don't know whether he was more offended at God or more offended at Elisha, but still he, was, he picked up an offense. And uh, because it says here in verse 11, I thought that he would surely come to me. Scripture says, I thought, and that's, those are dangerous words because when we say, well, God, I thought you were going to do this. Does God say, oh, I'm sorry, I should have done it your way. <laughs> and when God doesn't do it our way, we get offended. But that's what it says in verse 11. Naaman says, well, I thought this is the way it's going to do. I thought you're going to come out here as a man of God. I thought you were going to wave your hand over my leprosy and say abracadabra and, and my leprosy would be gone. I thought that's the way it was going to happen. My friend, it's time to squash your preconceived ideas. Don't put God in a box and don't get offended if God wants to do something different than the way you thought it was going to be. Another one of our connect groups is the bait of Satan. And in, in the book by John Bevere, he says, acquiring an offense, here's another quote, acquiring an offense keeps you from seeing your own character flaws because blame is deferred to another. It's so easy when something happens, I'm going to blame that person, I'll blame this other person, I'll blame this person. But when you pick up an offense, what you're doing is saying, I'm not going to look right here. See, sometimes what, what was happening is God was saying, Naaman, you're the one who needs an attitude adjustment. And I'm going to venture to say every single one of us, <laughs> there's certain things in our lives that every one of us, because none of us are perfect, we need a little attitude adjustment about life. Got to be careful about that, not to pick up those uh, offenses. But remember what, he, what Naaman says, well, I thought. Well, whenever you say that, just remember, your thoughts are not like God's thoughts, God's ways not like your ways, the scripture says. Sometimes you just need to do something out of, uh, out of the norm. I was blessed to read a testimony of a school bus driver in Dallas. His name is Curtis Jenkins. And what he did last month, he actually, he has 70 kids on his bus route. What he decided to do right before, uh, the day before uh, the winter break, oh, I hate to call it winter break, it should be the Christmas holidays, right? Anyway, that's my opinion. Okay, But anyway, right, the day before, he literally blessed every one of his 70 students that rode his bus with a Christmas gift. 
And what he did the weeks prior to that day, he started listening and paying attention to each child. Okay, this child, oh, this one likes video games. This one likes music. This one likes this and that. And, and they were, and what he did is he made a mental note and wrote them down. And he got a gift specifically for each of the 70 children. And that was just so amazing. An 11-year-old uh, um, was received a pair of headphones in red. And he was saying, I can't believe that he knew my favorite color was red. Watch, because he listened to the students and reached out to them. And, and, and he did something out of the norm. Did they expect a Christmas gift from their bus driver? No. But I mean, sometimes God tells us to do something out of what is normally expected. We, we walk into life with certain expectations. Naaman had his set of expectations about God and about Elisha. But sometimes we need to put that down and say, God, you do what you need to do. And here's a quote from Jill Savage, the author of No More Perfect Kids, uh, one of the parenting uh, connect groups that we have started this past week. She says this, when parents untangle themselves from their expectations, they free their children to be their best. Sometimes we have these expectations on people, sometimes our own children. So let's continue on our story in 2 Kings 5, attitude adjustment. It's time to take control of your emotions. The last part, portion of verse 12 here in 2 Kings 5, it says, Naaman, he turned and went away in a rage. He was mad. Why? Because he, he, he didn't relinquish his, what he wanted. He had all these preconceived ideas about Elisha, about the man of God, about how Elisha was supposed to do things and how God was supposed to do things. So he got angry. He got angry. Now, I'm going to tell you this, because just knowing, knowing Naaman's background, he had a high position, he had lots of money, he had a lot of victories in life. He was a man of valor, Scripture says. I have a feeling he was dealing with pride, because things didn't go the way he anticipated them to go. And whenever you're dealing with pride and you don't get your way, you end up angry. Naaman was dealing with pride. So we got to be careful about that. Our digging deeper notes this week is simply this good attitudes. How can we develop good attitudes? And the notes are available there at the connection of if you would like that. Number four, attitude adjustment. It's time to surround yourself with the right people. It's time to surround yourself with the right people. So you, you have the picture. Naaman did not hear what he wanted to hear. He walks away, runs away in anger. So remember, he went with his entourage of men. So here's the good news. The entourage of men that he was with, they come to his rescue. And they start giving him some great advice. It says here in verse 13, But his servants came near and said to him, My father, it is a great word of the prophet has spoken to you. Will you not do it? Has he actually said to you, wash and be clean? So they had a little talk, a little come to Jesus, a little get together. The entourage, his buddies, his connect group, and say, okay, uh, Naaman, Naaman, okay, we, 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 we got a little, we got a talk here. Uh, I know you're upset, I know you're angry, I know you didn't get your way, but just listen to the words 
of the prophet that he brought through the messenger. If you go and do this, you're going to be clean. And the good news is, Naaman listened to the, the people that were around him. I mean, if you choose the right people, then you can get some great advice. If you choose the wrong people to surround yourself with, you're going to get some terrible advice. And people can even encourage you and lift you up or say negative things and bring you down. Surround yourself with godly people. That's why we here at Fortress Church often talk about our connect groups. Because what happens? You surround yourself with people who will pray for you, people who will lift you up, people who will be there for you, people who you can learn together with and grow together with. That's what was happening here with Naaman. He had a a group of men who lifted him up. And guess what happened? He had an attitude adjustment. That's right. That's the good news. He changed his attitude around. Yep, verse 14 tells us what happens when he made the choice to implement an attitude adjustment. Number five is this. It's time to act on what you believe. Because if you really believe God, okay, I'm ready to have an attitude adjustment. I'm going to act on what I believe. Listen to what happens. Verse 14, so he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, as a man of God told him. So, and then it says, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. A miracle happened. Miracle happened. Now, the first thing that took place, I don't know if you caught this, but it says he went down to the Jordan River and he dipped himself. And I don't believe it's a coincidence that the instructions from God to Naaman was to dip himself got to get down and dip myself. What's the significance of that? Humility. Because Naaman, remember, he was dealing with pride. He went and he dipped himself. Sometimes we need to dip ourselves. Okay, Father, not my will, but yours be done. Anytime you dip yourself, you bow, you're humbling yourself so that God can be glorified. You're humbling yourself so that God can be glorified. Naaman was willing to do so. And when he did so, a miracle took place. He humbled himself. He obeyed what the word of God said. And a miracle took place. Maya Angelou says this. If you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude. Just a thought. (laughs) But I notice right here, how in the world did um, Naaman grab hold of his miracle? When he finally obeyed God. God. Do you realize that your miracle is on the other side of your obedience? Your miracle is on the other side of your obedience. Verse 14 tells us of a great miracle. It says, his flesh was restored and he became clean like that of a young boy. But the story's not over. You may say, that was a great miracle. Don't stop at verse 14. Because verse 15 tells us of a bigger miracle. That's right. Verse 15 says this. Naaman says, now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. What was that bigger miracle? Naaman surrendered his life to Almighty God. He surrendered his life to Almighty God. So you tell me, which was the greatest miracle? For him to be physically healed for, or for him to surrender his life to Almighty God. Verse 14 was a great miracle, but don't stop there. 
You see, he got a physical miracle in verse 14, but in verse 15, he had an eternal life miracle. My friend, do you realize what God can do when you obey him? Do you realize what God can do when you have an attitude adjustment? So, what is your leprosy? There's not one individual in this place that is able to say, I'm perfect. Nope. None of us are. I stand before you and you've heard me say time and time again, I'm far from perfect. None of us are perfect. But what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about this? Are you willing to make an attitude adjustment and say, Lord, I'm ready for all that you have for me. Now, I'm applying this to our new year. We're three weeks into a new year, so it's still, I'm still able to say Happy New Year. And there's still enough of 2019 ahead of us to, to make this a blessed year. I believe that. I believe this is a Kairos season for you and I. But in order for us to, to get there, this Kairos season that God has, there's some changes that need to take place, and it begins with an attitude adjustment. It's, it, it, it starts by saying, God, I, I put down my preconceived ideas See, God, I have these ideas of what you're going to do in 2019. God, I believe you're going to do this. God, I need you to do this. God, I need you to do this. God, can you do this? And can you do this other thing? It's time to put those preconceived ideas down and say, God, you do what you need to do. And I'll receive it. And I'll receive it. Anybody in agreement to let God be God and to make that attitude adjustment? Would you stand with me right now? As we prepare for our time of prayer, I would love it if you would uh, take some time to maybe open up our time of prayer. I, I've wrote a little prayer of declaration, and I would love it if you would repeat after me. Here we go. Lord God Almighty, in the name of Jesus, I come to you. Today, I release my pride to acknowledge that I have issues, but I know where to go. I come to you. I release my preconceived ideas of what I think you need to do. I choose to surround myself with godly people who will speak life to me. I take steps of obedience to walk in your will. And I receive the miracle you have for me. Amen. So be it. If you believe that, would you just join with me and just say, Lord, I believe that. And I receive what you have for me in 2019. Amen.